Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. All right, John Corkin here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Go check out our archives because there's lots of great episodes. Some of our past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The E-Myth and many more. And my guest today is Chris Klein of BitcoinIRA.com. We're going to learn all about how he has streamlined his operations in a evolving regulatory environment. So it's really fascinating discussion. And of course, this episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. If you've ever had team members ask you the same question over and over again, maybe it's the 10th time you've spent explaining it, there's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Universities, banks, hospitals, software companies, they all use them, but also first responder government agencies who use them in life or death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a free 14-day trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com. That's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. And my guest, of course, Chris Klein, he hails from sunny, beautiful Los Angeles. He's the COO and co-founder of the world's first largest and most secure cryptocurrency IRA platform. It's called Bitcoin IRA. Established in 2016, the team has gained over 100,000 users and received more than 2,500 five-star user reviews for their platform. And Chris, such a pleasure to have you here today. And I want to start by asking you about, first of all, you were very early to uh, this industry, very nascent industry, still evolving. And you started your business in 2016, 2015, 2016 time period, yeah. very early, not much guidance in terms of regulation there. And we're going to, of course, talk about documenting your processes. But, but what was it like in the early days jumping into it? I'm sure family and friends were like, you're nuts. What are you doing? <laughs> well, I had been in IRAs for about three years before Bitcoin came across my desk. Uh, and it was 15. That's what we spent a year figuring out how to do it. And then 16 is when we went to market. Um, it's, it was a very interesting time because when you're at that cutting edge level of innovation, you're probably not thinking about compliance or honestly operations, regulations, anything. Because you're, if, if you're thinking about all that, you've already gone bankrupt trying to figure out how to do it. You got to get something to market and see if it's there. Uh, and what, that, was, that was an interesting time because what you have to focus on is, okay, we're consumer facing. We're taking care of people's retirement accounts. We need to be as secure as possible and as careful as possible with these monies. And that was, your, that was your core focus. And then if you take that as your premise, you can grow in, do the right things and the right things come to a, a growth level of your business. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like you end up in a place where, you know, there's the analogy of you're flying a plane at 30,000 feet and you got to rebuild the engine. But I imagine the compliance and the documentation is kind of like that. But before we yep. get to that, just dumb it down for me for someone who's listening to this. Tell us about at, at its core, first, what Bitcoin is for those who don't okay. know. We'll start there and then, and then I'll give you a follow up. All right. So Bitcoin, 30 second elevator pitch. Um, if possible. If possible. Uh, basically, there's a lot of ways we've thought about money over the years. 
And if we could be cavemen, we thought about barter and trade. If we were Roman soldiers, we thought about coins, silver, gold. Uh, if we're today, we think about US dollars or fiat, right? It continues to evolve. Uh, and what Bitcoin brings to the table is, is immutable transactions that don't involve middlemen uh, or, or, or governments or sovereign nations that create currency and, and control that currency in a certain way. And that's very attractive to tech-oriented type folks because uh, what makes it immutable is technology. It's blockchain technology, and it allows that there's a ledger that everybody can see that can't be changed, manipulated, or modified. And that, that's kind of the driving force of what makes Bitcoin great. It's finite, and it's immutable. Uh, and then off of that has come all kinds of different cryptocurrencies for so many different needs. Uh, you were mentioning your sweetprocess.com. Uh, and for what they do for ambulances, there's a cryptocurrency not here in the United States, but uh, abroad that is designed at being able to point the whatever rescue services are needed in the closest place possible by a blockchain to connect the two nodes. Uh, and they're using it in second and third world countries to help increase the uh, coverage that they have. Wow, fascinating. And and so in terms of what your company does with Bitcoin is you created the first IRA using mm -hmm. Bitcoin or funded with Bitcoin. Yep. So we we went to, we were doing our retirement work already with other assets, real estate, private equity, LLCs. And, and then uh, crypto came across our desk. And it, it's, it's kind of, if you really believe in Bitcoin, which if you can imagine, go back 2016, people that were buying Bitcoin with their retirement in 2016. I'm friends with most of these folks. So they're retired uh, NASA uh, uh, scientists. IBM engineers, Google, the 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 big, the, the big early adopters, yeah, the technology really comfortable people, yeah, exactly. And the reason why they looked at it was if this thing does what I think it's going to do, and it was two hundred, three hundred dollars, maybe five hundred dollars at the time, then I would love to have this in a retirement setting because you either get tax deferred or tax free savings. That's what retirement's built for. Uh, so you can watch it grow, and you get taxed with a traditional on the way out. Roth, you never get taxed again. And these are great situations for people that believe in it. And it worked for them, right? Uh, these guys bought it three, four, five hundred dollars, and and it's now even though it's down, it's at forty, forty for three, forty five thousand dollars a day. Um, wow. And and what better what instrument? Because uh, if you don't have it in that, imagine you were that foresighted, you would have a really big capital gains tax, especially in where we're headed as an economy. It looks like those kind of taxes are going to keep increasing. Yeah. So the IRAs are fundamentally a creation of legislation. The government yep. creates IRAs, but then you've got this other asset that is, is not created by the U.S. government, exists outside, and is kind of in a regulatory gray area because there hasn't been, to my knowledge, regulation that's come down to regulate it yet or to provide guidelines. So it must have been a little scary going into that, not knowing how future legislation might affect uh, both the asset that is that is critical to your business and also, you know, all of the clients that you work with, customers you work with. But I learned when I was going through it that you got to applaud regulation because I'm a, I'm a I'm a pretty genuine business guy. I'm from Colorado, middle America kid. I'm not going to I'm going to try to build something that keeps people safe, generally speaking, when you're talking about people's money. Uh, but what I saw and, and anybody that was around at the time in 2018 was a plethora of just questionable behaviors. Everybody had an ICO. Everybody had this. And there wasn't any anything to protect consumers from making mistakes or getting down something that was was predatory, so to speak. Uh, and I applaud watching the way it's evolved. It's been a difficult evolution because at first nobody knew who to regulate. 
and who was going to regulate. So you've got SEC, CFTC, uh, state regulators, uh, banking regulators, all trying to kind of feel this thing out. And I had a lot of conversations early on with them because they reached out and we answered. And we were like, hey, what, what, what can we help you with? And some of them were literally walking into a week later, they were going to their first Bitcoin conference. And they wanted to know, what should I expect? And I was like, well, here's the best way. This is how I did my first Bitcoin conference and how I took it all in to understand. Uh, and, and I hope that was helpful over the years. Uh, and it's going to keep coming. And that's a good thing because that means that customer consumers, I mean, think about it. Our, our database, or not our, our clients, uh, are 1976 or younger or earlier. They were born 75% of them mm-hmm. or before, yeah, 97. So we actually have an older slant compared to the rest of the crypto uh, industry. And those are folks that have saved up over the years and they want to take a piece and maybe hedge against inflation or find gains in crypto, whatever their reason might be. But we have to take that like the holy grail and protect it. Uh, and, and it's great to see that the rest of the industry is evolving to protect consumers. That's a really big deal in the crypto space. Mm. So talk to me about, you said that, you know, the early years were just about revenue and product market fit, seeing if there's a, a market out there for it. And then eventually you um, devote more energy and attention to compliance and documenting your processes. So take me through what that was like for you as you moved into that phase. Yeah, for us, it was the first piece was finding the right player. Uh, And we found uh, Marion Bullion. She's our chief compliance officer. She was working at the FDIC Special Investigations for Financial Crimes. And this was 2018. And we got her attention. We had a lot of meetings with her, and I and she 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 drank the Kool Aid or came to the dark side, as we joked with her, and jumped over from traditional finance and and regulation to understand crypto. And the rooms we shared together for the next eight to twelve months were fundamental in what we did for the next three years. Uh, and and what she taught us was how regulators think. And what it is, the things they're looking for to protect consumers, make sure they have transparency, make sure that you can, if somebody's standing in front of you and asking for a report, you can generate it, irregardless of the asset class that you're trying to manage. Uh, and so we were able to refine and, and, and tweak and make and get ourselves right in that right place. And that's what opened up the conversations, like I was mentioning earlier, with uh, groups like that were the CFTC, SEC. We were on a panel together with them uh, to help try to educate the future generation of regulators. Uh, and then from there, it's uh, it's it's really been focusing on as you grow your business, the increased risk you have with your business. And anybody that's in operations understands that you, if you're successful, there's a detriment to being successful. You have to do more work to keep things safe, reliant, uh, compliant, and regulatory standards. So what I'm hearing from you is there, it's kind of like you're juggling and you've got 17 balls in the air. You've got <laughs> product market fit. That's most important first. You yep. got to have revenue in the door. Then you have these compliance issues. Then you have issues with, you know, the, the regulators, you know, are going to want to see certain types of reports, which consumers yep. are also going to want to see. But then yep. can the software even do this? So we need to make sure the technology. Now we're talking technology. Yep, exactly. Right. And, then, talking, and then let's yep. document it all. But, oh, if it changes a week from now, we got to change the documentation. And, keep, and it's that's why things like documentation always end at the, uh, they're at the end of the line. But they can't be there forever. You can't start with them because you'll spend, I call it analysis paralysis. You'll spend a year documenting everything, but you're not going to go to market. And if you don't go to market, you have no profit, which means you can't pay for the documentation that you just did, right? So it, it all comes in processes together. Uh, and and if, you, if you can get through certain stages of it, if you ignore it forever, you're doomed, is what I say. Because at some point, you can't scale. There's tribal knowledge that's involved with the startups. 
I went through rounds of staff and, and know that there's so many in my own head still today, there are things that are caught here that need to be documented. So I, uh, I think that you asked me what grade I gave myself and, uh, and I wasn't very nice to myself for the, for the turn of the year, because I know that we, we, we can extract more of that tribal knowledge and get it in paper. You got to think about contingency plans. My, one of my first mentors used to say hit by bus syndrome. And I, and, and he would always, he did it very well. It was over something that honestly probably could have got away with, but the fact that he cared about it there is because he had the experience of getting burned elsewhere. Technology is always going to burn you when you least expect it, right? That's always what happens. It's never when you're having a great day. It's always when things are going wrong. Uh, and that, and that's kind of the balance you have to find uh, with all those balls that you're juggling, like you said. Yeah. And how do you, you know, you're, you're documenting your process. You're saying, okay, we want top security. Um, we want to be in compliance. Uh, you brought in someone who's got the expertise, but still like there's, how, how often do you say, okay, let's make sure this is a compliant. And they say, I don't know because we're so early. Uh, in the early, in the first couple of years, it was a lot of conversations at the board level of understanding what was, I guess you could call, I mean, you're a retired, you're a retired or recovering attorney precedent, wherever you could find some precedent. Right. And that was where they came in from the compliance team. And then trying to just follow a path of uh, business ethics, business morals. Uh, a, a client's money, you're talking about the retirement money, we have to protect it. And we came from a background of it, right? We did real estate in it, precious metals, LLCs, private equity, we, we came from it. So we understood that, that importance uh, and, and build those parallels and security is paramount at that point. And, it's, and the first thing is, is keeping the asset safe in our world. And the second thing is keeping the individual safe, which is a problem for every, if you're on this podcast right now, you have faced security issues whether internal, external, or otherwise for your business, probably in the last three weeks, uh, without a doubt. It's, it's just, it's, it's up becoming more and more common. Yeah. It's yeah. becoming so, and it's, yeah. and they're getting better and better at it. And so you got to always keep yourself safe. Uh, and so that, that's a big piece. So you're, you're kind of another ball gets, comes in and you get big enough, that target grows and that target grows. And now you've got to deal with uh, more threats to the security of your clients. And that's something we all have to take seriously, no matter what business you run, you're going to have identifiable information of some sort about a client. And if you don't keep that safe, you're going to be that next headline. Uh, and nobody wants to be that headline, right? It's a lot of weight on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, for all of us. And, and we were talking beforehand and, and um, one group that you turn to that also is used to having a lot of weight on their shoulders is Navy SEALs. You actually yep. took some inspiration for the work that you do as COO from what Navy SEALs do in their operations. So tell us a yep. little about that. So over 10 years, I've worked with a lot of different operations, agents, managers, supervisors, directors, right? Uh, and one thing I started to notice, you mentioned it, I read a lot of books about from Navy, former Navy SEALs. They write a lot uh, because they have some pretty cool experiences that, we, that are pretty fun to read about. But most of them angle at the core operational values that make the SEALs successful. Obviously, you got to have guys that have guts, right? You got to have guys that have brawn. But it's that logistical network that happens and how they train and they build people and they focus on certain things to make them what are the elite. Uh, and when you're dealing with an asset like crypto, you almost have to be elite. It's 24-7. doesn't take any birthdays, holidays, or otherwise. Uh, client, it moves fast and often. So clients have a higher demand of service. And you're building this business in this with all those things on top of what we've already talked about. Uh, that you're, you, have to, you have to kind of think and build your people in the same way. Uh, and so what we did this year, actually, is we made a pivot 
And we, we put a SEAL team in place with a master chief. Her name is Billy Joe. She's amazing. Uh, and, and the way that the team has grown is it's a one for all, all for one. I can do the thing that the person next to me can do just as well, but I also have my specialty. Uh, and oh, so, so that so when you say you put a SEAL team in place, you don't mean like an actual Navy SEAL no. team. You, you mean like okay, so you you created I put a the culture team. around it. Yeah, got I put it, got it. So you created a team within within mm-hmm. your company that, that operates the SEAL team. Got we it. Okay, got it. Okay, okay. Yeah. And they're what they have any any anything goes or like what 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 was the guidance <laughs> that you gave this team? No, well, it was about building from the beginning to the end. In one year, we went from four people plus Billy Joe and or plus me was five. Uh, and now we are at 17, I think. So it was about finding, it was a lot of recruitment, training, and development this year. And what we're going to do next year, which is we're already in in 22, is we're going to refine the talents. So these great players that are like, hey, I can see air and land. I can do all these things really well. Uh, now we're finding that special, that, that, power, that superpower that they have so that the team has even more of a, of a broad uh, spectrum to itself. Uh, and it's working because also if you're in operations and you're a business owner or a manager or director or whatever, C-level or otherwise, we have a very big challenge this year of keeping a positive culture with our employees. I'm a fully remote business. I've been a fully non-remote business. I know business owners that are in a lot of different places. You've got what's happening. They call it the great resignation. You've got remote fatigue. You've got these things. Culture is more important than it's ever been. And it's because we're not together in a room where they can artificially create it amongst themselves and you have to manage it. You have to create it, you have to manifest it, and you have to guide it. Uh, and so that's a big thing uh, that, you, that you have to do um, as any business owner today. Right. And that's one more ball in the air in addition to all those other- One more ball. Doing. Yeah. Operations, I, they, operations is the all guts, no glory, is what I tell people all the time. <laughs> uh, it, takes, it takes chutzpah, but when things go wrong, you get crushed. When things go well, sales gets the- uh, the win <laughs> they, get, they get the victory lap right uh well chris this has been fascinating um anything else any parting thoughts that you want for the audience you want to share you know one thing i was thinking about this year and just in the turn of things and what i've watched as far as growth for myself personally and for people around me good leaders um eq is way more important than some of us nerds try to justify and and especially operations guys because to do all these balls in the air you're running an algorithm in your head all the time right you're deciding what's got the greatest risk. What decisions do I have to make? What are the things that I have to do? And it builds a little bit of an ego or a chip on our shoulders because it's intense, right? But without EQ, you can't build a team that can replace you someday. And everybody should want to have more time with their family, more vacation, and make more money. And if you're an, if you're a, an operator and you're at that level, you to unhinge yourself, you have to have a team you can trust. And and EQ start it starts with EQ. That's a big thing I've been noticing lately. Emotional intelligence you're talking about? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, Chris, this has been great. Where can people go to connect with you, learn more about Bitcoin IRA and, and ask you any questions? Yeah. If you want to know about Bitcoin IRA, I recommend downloading the app. You can go to the Apple store or the Google Play store and just search Bitcoin IRA. It's an egg. It's like an orange egg, your nest egg in Bitcoin. Uh, or if you want to connect with me, um, I do a lot on LinkedIn. I connect with a lot of folks there. So just look up Chris Klein, Bitcoin IRA on LinkedIn and connect with me. I look forward to meeting uh, many of you. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much, Chris. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. 
No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.